do people say you sometimes act or talk like? Let's consider that question today. Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And I ask that question in the context of our study on mentoring, how we can help others grow in their walk with Christ. So there's that question, who do people sometimes say you act or talk like? But it points to our goal. It's not that we want to make the person more like us. The goal is to make them more like Jesus. And Chris, let me just say, to be perfectly frank and honest, I really do see Jesus in you. Well, that's very kind and gracious of you. I, th- I thought you were going to go the, the the opposite direction on that. So thank you. <laughs> well, no, Chris, I do. I, during these podcasts, you'll often make disparaging remarks about yourself. It's just in fun. But the truth is, I really do see Jesus in you, in your heart, your words, your passion for the word. It's evident. Well, thank you, Lynn. I appreciate that. We are in the last session of uh, our study on mentoring, investing in others. And we're delighted to have Brian Gass with us. Brian is content editor for the adult version of Bible Studies for Life. So, Brian, thanks for coming uh, to our podcast today. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the honor and privilege of being on here with the very holy Chris Johnson and uh, not too bad Lynn Pryor. (laughs) So we're wrapping up our study on mentoring. Today, this is our sixth session. And to me, this is the heart of the study because we've been talking about mentoring in the Christian context of discipling and helping someone. But all the way, let's remember that's why we're mentoring people. The heart of the study We are mentoring people so we can help them grow in Christ and grow in knowledge and application of his word. And that's our focus today. So we're going to be looking at Paul and Timothy in their relationship, how Paul was a mentor to Timothy. So last week we talked, uh, we looked at Barnabas, who uh, was a mentor to Saul, who provided some training, who who stepped up uh, on... uh, his on on Saul's behalf said to the other apostles, "He's the real deal, guys." When it when in Antioch the uh, church is exploding, and Barnabas recognizes that they need to teach and train these new believers who have a Greek background, who are Gentile, he goes and finds uh, Saul, and they teach together for a year in Antioch. So now we're seeing. Uh, after the first missionary journey, uh, Paul on his second missionary journey, and he begins uh, a relationship with Timothy, who we're going to talk about today, and he will mentor him uh, for the rest of his life, really. Before we get into Acts 16 and where Timothy enters the story, Chris, why don't you give us the context? What happened in Acts chapter 15? Okay, so in the early church, um in Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his uh, disciples before he ascends into heaven, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So at um, the er- the early chapters of Acts talks about what, hap- what was happening around Jerusalem and Judea after the death of Stephen in Acts 6 and 7, um, 
the church is persecuted and the church scatters. And when they scatter, uh, Philip, we're told in Acts 8, takes the gospel with him as he goes to Samaria. And he shares the gospel there and people are converted and uh, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Later in chapter 8, Philip has this encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch, um, a foreigner, a someone who is a Gentile. Uh, he's from a place that is considered the ends of the earth. And so it, that's what's happening. The gospel is starting to spread and to get out beyond just the Jewish culture. Saul is c- converted on the road to Damascus and has uh, is told, you're going to take this message, this gospel, Uh, to the Gentiles. That's going to be your ministry. Peter has an encounter with Cornelius, a Gentile. And then Acts uh, 11, last week we talked about the church in Antioch. Uh, This church is made up primarily of Greeks, of Gentiles who have the gospel been shared with them and they have responded to the gospel. So in Acts 15 at the Jerusalem Council, they're dealing with the issue of okay, we understand what happens in uh, the life of Jewish people who become followers of Jesus, but what about these Gentiles? Do they have to become Jewish before they can become Christian? Do they have to follow the, the Jewish dietary laws? Do they have to be circumcised? These are all legitimate questions for a movement that has just started uh, in, in, and it's in, the early formative years uh, of this movement that we know as Christianity, they refer to as the way. So they gather the disciples together. Uh, Paul and Barnabas have the opportunity to share about their experiences of uh, in their first missionary journey and taking the gospel to uh, the uh, two Gentiles. They talk about the fact that we've seen this happening with Cornelius and these other things. So they they agree that uh, they're not going to require Gentiles to be circumcised or to have to follow the Jewish dietary law. Uh, they are told not to eat uh, sacrifices to idols. Um, is 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 i guess the primary issue that they're told well that's it and and so when it comes to this second missionary journey part of the journey is that they're going to communicate this information to the gentiles to these churches and there are gentile believers in them yeah paul says let's go back to the churches that we where we where we started this process and so they're taking this report and letting them know what the, the the jerusalem council has determined And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Paul went on to Derbe and Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled throughout the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. So the churches are strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So verse 5 is a, is a typical Lucan 
the writer of Acts, he he would have he would drop in these lines where he would say the church continued to grow, believers were developed. This is a an ongoing theme that you read and see if you read through the book of Acts. But I have to tell you, the I just slammed on the brakes. There was this screeching noise because we've just had the the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. You don't have to be circumcised. Uh, you don't have to follow the, the Jewish dietary law. And the first thing that happens is Paul takes Timothy and has him circumcised. What? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, I was hoping I'd be able to jump into this conversation and tell you how people thought I looked like Fran Tarkenton when I was a kid based on the uh, icebreaker. But now I get to jump in on <laughs> circumcision. So uh, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, they were going to be, I mean, plagued by Judaizers before, during, and after all of this. And so this was a really important issue to, to nail down. And uh, I'm glad that they, they came about what they did. But the issue is the fact that Timothy was Jewish, his mother was Jewish, and that's why Paul felt it necessary to circumcise Timothy. It's not because it had anything to do with salvation or walking with Jesus. It had to do with his ability to relate to the Jewish people and not be offended by Timothy. And Paul had such a great understanding of, of what would be stumbling blocks to the mission going forward. Um, he deals with this a lot. You know, if eating meat offends my brother, I won't eat meat. And I think he understood very clearly that Timothy not being circumcised was was going to be a problem and it would become the issue so that they wouldn't struggle with what was the important issue, the cross. Brian, when we were talking earlier, prior to the podcast, you pointed out Paul's relationship with Titus and he took a different approach with Titus. Yeah, and others who were from Greek backgrounds, uh, he was willing to hold his ground on that and not have them circumcised. So Lynn, so Lynn you're holding out then that it was the, it was the fact that Timothy ha did have a Jewish heritage and a background that was a part of what probably prompted him, motivated him to feel like that uh, circumcising him was important. Is that correct? Yes, because his father was Gentile, but his mother was Jewish. He had a Jewish background. So therefore, to go into these new towns, these communities, the Jewish people might say, oh, this is a Jewish young man. He's Jewish, but he's not circumcised. It was to prevent, prevent it from being a stumbling block. That's, that just brings up another issue for me. I just, and I appreciate Paul addresses this in, in Romans that he is concerned about his fellow Jews um, coming to faith. Uh, but, uh, you know, when in Paul's early missionary journeys, the first place he goes is to the, the synagogues <laughs> to share the gospel with, with Jewish How people. How about that? The apostle and, to the uh, Gentiles was hanging out in the yeah. synagogues quite a bit. <laughs> now, we've been chasing a side issue here, but let's keep in mind what our focus is. It's all about mentoring and helping people grow in their walk with Christ. So let's look at this passage in light of what it tells us about mentoring. Because what I see here is Paul. He latches on to this young man who's going to disciple. And he does this by having Timothy come alongside him. In other words, they walk side by side. Timothy is mentored, mentored by watching Paul day by day to see what he says and how he lives, how he carries out and expresses his Christian faith. 
Sam Crouch, who wrote the um, personal study guide for for adults, uh, talked about this as a mentoring principle. The best mentoring takes place one on one, working together on a common goal. The, he talked about the value of uh, the valuable teaching opportunities that came in a hands hands on training, on the job training that uh, that Paul and Timothy experience together. Now we're going to look at some things that Paul is going to write to Timothy uh, next, but uh, the beginning of their relationship, it's them working side by side together. Well, that was sure true in my life. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and so I didn't have a lot of the the pre-discipling that takes place before a person gets saved, and then you're able to take the ball and run with it, I guess. And um, I had a, right after I got saved, uh, a pastor who started inviting me to go door to door evangelizing. And uh, he put uh, Bible studies uh, in my hands and uh, he would, he set up an appointment for us to chat about what I'd read the week before. And that one-on-one time uh, was just so huge in my development as a young Christian, much less later a pastor. That's a great testimony. And we sort of see this with Timothy, too. As Timothy walked alongside Paul, and uh, Timothy did prove to be a valuable partner in the spreading of the gospel. And we know that Paul sent Timothy on a variety of missions. But when we come to the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, Timothy is at a church. He's pastoring. So we're going to start at 2 Timothy chapter 2 to pick up this idea how Paul is going to encourage the one he has been mentoring to mentor others. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's interesting that we're waiting to the end to point out this extremely important principle of of mentoring in the study of mentoring uh, that uh, Paul makes it clear, do, do the same things that I did with you, you do that with others and then encourage them to do the same, to pass that along. And this is, this is what discipleship, this is what multiplication, this is what mentoring is all about. On the mission field, we called it mauling people, M-A-W-L. We would model, assist, watch, and then leave. When they had it and, uh, and they were running with it themselves, we knew it was time for us to move on and to go start a new work somewhere else. As a teacher, um, we, we had a similar thing, but it wasn't as catchy uh, in the secular world. And it was to, to show the students um, how to do something and then have a student come up and help them do it and then have the student teach you uh, and then have them do it all on their own. So uh, it's just good, good mentoring. Good educational model. Uh, Howard Hendricks uh, used to say every person needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. Uh, The idea is that uh, everybody needs a pastor, a leader. Everybody needs somebody to partner with them like Paul and Barnabas. And everyone needs a protege like Paul had Timothy. And as we see Paul here challenging and encouraging Timothy to mentor others, even as he's been mentored, Paul never lets go of that father-son relationship where he continued to mentor Timothy. 
So now when we move to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, I want us to see here that Paul is, he's in a sense reminding Timothy to continue in his walk, to continue in his growth in Christ. Let me pick up in 2 Timothy 3 verse 10. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and suffering that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Oh, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul is reminding Timothy of the example he set as a mentor. And he's giving Timothy a challenge for him to live out that example before those he is pastoring. Yeah, and look at how many of those things don't deal with the actual body of instruction. How many of those things are character traits? How many of those things are experience-based? And so there is a a large aspect of, of mentoring that is not just giving somebody a book or making sure that they get the right material. It's really walking alongside them and doing life together. That's a great term, doing life together. I think that that's one of the things I've, I've deeply appreciated about um, what is happening in a, a small group uh, approach to discipleship. We, we're in this together. We're working together. Um, I appreciate Paul's intentionality to say to Timothy, okay, you, you've seen me. You've heard my teaching. You've watched my conduct. You know my purpose. You know my faith and my my patience and my love and my endurance. You've, you've walked with me and seen all these things. You've, you've seen me go through persecution and suffering and still be true to my character and all of these things that he mentions, these seven things. Uh, so it's a strong word. Um, it's a great challenge for us as believers uh, to think about, am I living my life in such a way that I can say to others, okay, you've seen this in me. Now you, you do it as well. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great challenge for us. As we wrap up the study on mentoring and helping people to grow in their walk with Christ, the idea is to help them to grow in holiness. And we're going to be starting a new study next week on what it means to be holy. It's called Set Apart, Living a Life for God. We're going to look at what this idea of sanctification means. It's the idea of being holy and being set apart for Christ. Now, to encourage people to jump into this really important study on growing in holiness, we have provided a promotional video that you can use. If you'll go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash Adult Extra, on that page you will see a promotional video listed. It's all of 60 seconds long. It's free to use to disseminate however you choose to use it. Uh, Send in an email. You can send in a text. You can put it on a Facebook group page for your group, your class. But use this as a way to encourage people to say, hey, why don't you come join us for the next six weeks as we learn what it means to be holy and to be set apart for God. Brian and Chris, thank you for this great conversation we've had as we've wrapped up on the topic of mentoring. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate you guys having me. As always, we have fun just having these conversations, but we're grateful for those of you who listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And like Lynn said, we're getting ready for a new study and hopefully uh, you'll join us next week uh, as we talk about sanctification. Sanctification.